Hello, hello. I am coming back with a special mini series where I'm going to be sharing lessons learned, um, experience gained, discomfort faced, all from, you know, having a baby, going into labor, from taking maternity leave, from all of these good things. So, we're going to do this special mini series. I hope you enjoy it. Bye. Are you ready to hack your time? I'm Vicky and I am obsessed with course correcting everything that you've been taught about how to use your time because I know that you can create more success while having more fun and taking more rest. I went from doing all the things, working 80 hour weeks to creating a 15 hour work week. Listen and learn how to hack your time so you never have to say that you don't have time ever again. You too will learn how to accelerate without doing more today. Hello, hello, lovely people. Back at it with another episode, continuing the mini-series and um, just wanted to say thank you. I got lots of lovely messages um, and camaraderie after last week's episode aired. Maybe it wasn't everyone's cup of tea, but it was definitely... um, vulnerable and honest and the reality of the situation and you know just more and more I want to kind of allow the lines to be blurred between our multiple roles I think for far too long we've been told to segregate and separate the different parts of our lives and we cannot literally always do that um and I don't think that we should have to do that I don't think it's a benefit if we can do that and when we say that we have to do it then we exclude people from the table we exclude working parents from opportunities and and that's just one example and I want to be a powerful example of dual role doing is what I'm calling it and so if you follow me on social you're on my email list or anything you are going to be seeing this more and more and it's you know it's an inevitable part of allowing women to lead, um, allowing working parents to be involved, allowing creativity to be at the forefront of what we do and so much more. We are humans, we have multiple roles right now. Every single person listening has multiple roles. You are not a one-dimensional human and I just want to let you know to let us all know that we don't have to make that mean something wrong. We don't have to make that mean we're unprofessional. We don't have to make that mean we can't show up or um, be examples or achieve things or create different results in our lives. So that's that. Now, today I am continuing birth stories with about Ethan. And today I want to talk about, well, we got to the point where um, I was in the hospital and... Um, now I'm going to talk a little bit about labour. So listen, if you, if this isn't your cup of tea, you don't need to listen. I'm not going to go into gory details. Um, I am more going to use this, like I said, to share the lessons that I learned along the way. Um, so actually, I was already in hospital, as I picked up on last week, when my actual contraction started. But... <laughs> Like I'd never been pregnant before. I'd never had pregnancy going into labor contractions before. And I just thought they were cramps. Not to mention the fact that um, I was told years ago by a dentist when I was having like a root canal or something. And when he saw it and he saw how I was, that I had a very high pain 
tolerance, like tolerance for pain, a very high pain threshold, which is actually not a good thing because pain isn't indicated to us that we need to do something. Um, in that case, it was something about my teeth. In this case, it was, I was going into labor, but there we were, it was like 8, 9 p.m. And I sent my husband home from the hospital when I was already having contractions, convinced I was just having stomach cramps. Um, actually wasn't a bad thing. I guess he got a few hours sleep. So I sent him home and I'm getting these like waves of contractions. Now I know um, at the time there were waves of cramps. And, um, and I went to the nurse and I was like, is something going on? And she was very calm. And she was like, kind of, no, not really. Um, so I stayed calm because she was calm, which is the best thing actually. Imagine if my partner had been there. I think just him seeing me in so much pain would have alerted him more and me more. And maybe it was meant to be that there was no one around me except for someone who was calm, who'd seen the situation over and over again. So needless to say, I, I think sometimes we think we want to be there for other people but sometimes the best thing for other people we get to trust them and the best thing might not be us being there now on the flip side obviously I called him and my mum in once I was definitely going into labor and I it was amazing they were there but I just want to put it out there that sometimes people don't want you around when they are experiencing something and that's nothing to take away from your relationship it just might be what they need at that point in time and looking back this was probably the best thing for me at that point in time. It just allowed me to experience it, be very present with the pain and then not panic because I wasn't seeing myself in pain. And my husband said it to me afterwards. He said it was so difficult to see me in pain. Um, so I was having the contractions and then I, I started to think maybe they are. And I started to write in my phone like, the time that they started, the time that it finished and how long was between them. And then I went out and I said to her, I think I am having contractions. <laughs> she was like, are you bleeding yet? Because I'd been bleeding a lot. And I was like, no. So she's like, you're fine. And then I said, you know, it's actually hurting though. Like maybe I can take something. She said, I'll get you some paracetamol. I was like, yeah, that would be good. And then I went back lying in bed and I'm not gonna lie, there were certain times where my brain was saying like, oh, you're overreacting because the pain is super strong and super intense and then it's completely gone. And I was like, you're overreacting, it's fine. And I was like, oh my God, where the fuck are these paracetamol? Um, and then, sorry, I hope no one was listening on loud with the kids in the car, but you probably know by now that I swear. Um, so I was wavering between these two things and it got to half 11 and I went outside and I was like, I, I like need paracetamol now. I need some kind of pain relief. And she's like, oh my God, I'm so sorry. I completely forgot. So I was like, okay, give me something now. And um, I went back to the room and then I started bleeding. I told her the doctor came and checked me and, well, this is actually at 2 a.m. <laughs> Rushing along, but fast forward to 2 a.m. And she was like, oh, we're going. I would. Call, I just remember her saying very calmly, "I would. I would call your husband now." Um. So I did. Of course, he didn't answer. Called him twice, and then called my mum. She didn't answer. Called my parents' landline. See, it's a good thing they still had the landline. Woke them up. She came and woke my husband up. Took her a few tries. He was knocked out for the count. Lucky him. And then they came to the hospital. But I just want to retract a little bit and tell you about my pre-birth 
plan to the point where I would have a plan you guys know me I'm not super into planning but I did some hypnobirthing sessions and they were amazing and I knew based off of what I'd been told my whole life from when I was like 13 I was told that I would have to have a c-section my baby would be breech even actually a year before I was pregnant went to see a doctor and he said my womb was unhospitable um and and then with, through my hypnobirthing and through discussing what I wanted ahead of time, I said, well, if for some miraculous reason I don't need a C-section, I definitely want all the drugs, the epidural. I'm not trying to be a hero. Give me anything. Like, I just want to be comfortable. Um, so that was the plan as, as far as plans go. Except about two weeks before I given birth, they started to tell me that I might actually be able to give a natural birth I might be able to give birth naturally I should say which was the first time in like 20 years that I'd heard that which was kind of wild and just an example as we are here to pull out the lessons just an example that just because you've been told something for literally decades doesn't mean it's true anymore like your past is not a dictator of your present or your future even when it comes to medical or medicine, that probably makes better English sense. So even when it comes to medicine, things change. Um, So for any of you that are thinking like, oh, I've never done this before. I've always been told I wasn't good at this thing or whatever it might be that you are using to limit yourself in the present. Like what if that's just not even true anymore? And what if things can change? Because newsflash, they can. I did give birth naturally. That's a little bit of a, whatever, telling you the end during it, but That's not, you know, there's no lessons there really from actually how I gave birth, unless you are giving birth, in which case feel free to DM me. Um, But what I will tell you is I called my husband at two and I got taken into the labour ward. And of course, um, there was no one, there, there weren't enough people on staff. So I had someone from a different unit come. She was amazing, by the way, let me just tell you. Um, so we don't need necessarily like it doesn't all have to look how we think it's gonna look is the bottom line I never thought that I would be in labor in hospital a week before my pregnancy I never thought that I would be able to give birth naturally Um, I never thought a lot of things and that wasn't a problem so my husband and my mum arrived I'm super grateful we went back to being allowed two people in the room with us Um, but I will say the other lesson is I can't, I can't fully comprehend or I can't fully explain the not give a shitness that you feel in that point in time. Like I'd gone to the room, I'd asked for more medication, I got gas and air. So I was on the gas and air. So I was feeling all the things, that was all I was on for hours. I was feeling all the things, I was in a lot of pain and my mum, my husband and the midwife were all there and I was just literally screaming or communicating or ignoring or doing whatever it was completely based off my needs. Like I've never had my people pleasing turned down to like literally negatives. It wasn't just down, the volume wasn't down to zero on people pleasing. It was at like a minus a hundred. Like literally my mum would come over if I was screaming and I'd say, no, 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 I don't want you. I want Giddy. Then Giddy would come over and say, fuck off. I don't want you. I want the midwife. And like it was literally like I was so connected to what I needed at any point in time from each of them and don't get get me wrong I was also calling each of them in but like I was just I was leading and guiding and directing based on what my needs were and there was not a fraction of, of of a single thought 
to thinking about what they cared about or what they needed, which was perfect, right? Because I was the one in need in that situation. But also it made me think like, imagine how we showed up in our lives that way. Everything was so much more fluid because I was being that way. Um, And they were all taking it. So good on them. I think we can like overestimate or, you know, exaggerate how we think people will react when we call for what we want whereas like if they really want your best interests they can handle it trust me what they handled in that room we can handle anything I promise you so that level of like no people pleasing of like zero fucks of like complete presence for my own needs wants like in my physical body in my mind was so powerful I honestly think like that is never I'm never going to go back from that ever again that's like how can I keep applying that over and over again because you don't need to have a baby to have that right some people have that we all have varying levels of that volume anyway so where are you on the people pleasing volume level on the dial and where do you want to be do you want to be turning it down and if so how are you going to do that now not in the future right Time's not going to change anything. What's a decision you can make today? What do you want to communicate today? What boundaries do you want to set today to confirm and create that lower people pleasing volume? How could you turn it? What would like just even play with me for a minute and consider this? What would it look like to turn the volume completely down to zero for you? Just really think about that. Now, the next thing that I will tell you is my baby is a time hacker on two fronts. One, he came a month early. And two, so babies don't take time. We had this conversation in the 15 hour work week mastermind of like some things just take time. And uh, baby was one of the things that one of my clients said, one of my pioneers. And so it's so perfect that Ethan was like, I'll show them. <laughs> it doesn't take time. It takes certain things happening in your body um, for the baby to be formed and for the water to break. So the second way he was a time hacker was we were in the room. I knew I wanted drugs. I already said that to you. And the pains are getting worse and worse. And in my head, right, this is me falling for the narrative that I'd seen. Like I was going to be in labor for a while. And so the anesthesiologists weren't available and weren't available and weren't available. And I kept asking, like, I need more painkillers. I need more painkillers. And I started moving physically around the bed and moving so much that she couldn't monitor the baby's heartbeat. She said, you need to, you know, open your legs and I need to put this on his head. You need to stay still. I was not staying still. I was feeling all the feelings in my body and I was moving with them. Like my hypnobirthing, breathing, I'd gone a bit to the wayside. I was still breathing and everything, but I was definitely moving my body and using my body a lot as well. And that even makes it sound probably more romantic than it was. Literally, it was a bit like The Exorcist. <laughs> it was very animalistic. My husband has called me a lioness ever since. Um, so then when she went to go move the heart rate monitor, she was like, oh my God, you dilated 10 centimeters. Um, it's time to start pushing. I was like, no, 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 I need the, dr-. like, I was going to have the drugs. Like, I don't, like, I want the drugs. Luckily, an anesthesiologist came in then. So this is around, like, 5.30. Um, she put something in me. I think it's, like, diamorphine. I can't remember exactly what it is. But I basically just press the button when I feel pain. And it releases um, some painkiller. And then it goes immediately. And that's, like, the first level. The second level is they inject you with that. And then you, you've, 
your whole body feels it. And the third is the epidural. And I was like, I'm going to start with this one. Then I'll move to level two. And then I'll move to level three because we're going to be here a while. Yes, even me and my time hacker brain thought I was going to be there a while. Um, needless to say, <laughs> they put it in me. And I think there were three contractions. Then I started pushing. There were three pushes. And then he literally came out that was it so very different to what I had in mind very different to what I'd heard from other people just another example that all our experiences are different and unique we can't copy someone else's timeline we can't copy someone else's exact process our bodies our brains everything is different okay and at the same time we can be supported through them right like we can still have experts for me it was the midwife and also my family we can have people around us to support us as we go through things but just really wanted to be that example and wanted to share that example with you that it doesn't have to go smoothly. It doesn't have to go to a plan. What are the basic things that you need? How are you taking care of those needs? And I will say another thing, which is for me, it was the example that I always speak about with you guys that I know is so true for you, which is you are far more capable than you think you are. I was far more capable than I thought I was. I was capable of having the type of birth that I never thought I was capable of. I was capable of experiencing high levels of pain that I didn't think I was. I was capable of asking for exactly what I wanted. I was capable of pushing. I was capable of giving birth to a baby. Um, you know, I was capable of doing things that I've been told my whole life I would never be able to do. And I do want to add here, actually, that there, I have seen a little bit, there's like a hierarchy of like, what is the best kind of birth? And I just want to call bullshit on that. Like, if you are someone that has given birth, well done, full stop. Like, I don't care how there is no morally better way that you could have done it. There is no right way that you could have done it. More on this when we speak about breast breastfeeding, I guess. Um, so don't ever feel shame around it. Like if you gave birth, well fucking done. I don't care how, I salute you. And if you didn't, you don't want to, or you want to and you are trying or whatever you are in that journey, I just am sending so much love to you. Um, and, and really encourage you to take the lessons from this, which are really like, doesn't matter what your past is, doesn't matter for 20 years what you've been told, things are still possible. It doesn't matter, you know, who's there, who's in the room, you do not have to people please. And just really allow yourself to connect to your body. That is the answer to everything. That is how I was able to get through it. You are much more capable than you think you are. You have a much higher tolerance than you think you do for, in this case, it was pain, but in other cases, it's failure, rejection, um, and all of that good stuff. So I love you all. I promise to keep this short and sweet. So I will be back next week, continuing on. Bye loves. Hey, if you wanna get five hours a week back minimum, for life, then I want to invite you to join Time Hackers. It's this podcast on speed where you'll get access to time hacking tools not shared on the podcast. You'll get access to my proven process for hacking your time to get five hours back every week at least. It's also my favorite place to hang out and will be yours too as you connect with other time hackers where you'll get celebrated, supported, and coached, of course. You are a time hacker. This is where you belong. Head to vickilouise.com forward slash group. 
I can't wait to see you there.